It is great to be back with you today for another episode of the In Focus podcast, taking a fresh look at the Bible and some big Christian ideas and how they bring our world into focus, empowering us to live new, more eternal kinds of lives within it. I'm your host, Justin Laughlin, husband, dad, pastor, and most importantly, follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. In the last episode, we kicked off a series on the business at hand. If you haven't listened to it yet, it might be worth 11 minutes of your time to go back and do that now. That episode will bring into focus Jesus' perspective on the time in which we are now living, between His ascension and His return, and how the activities and priorities by which we live today will determine our places in God's eternal kingdom forever. Today, we turn to the first biblical account of the King's commissioning of the disciples just before His ascension. This commissioning takes place in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, and it goes like this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, the first summary of the business at hand as we serve King Jesus from now until his return, make disciples. To be honest, this first summary is both helpful and not. It is both one of the most well-known biblical passages among Christians and, at least practically speaking, a complete mystery to most Christians. I stumbled into an intense awareness and interest in discipleship, whatever that meant to me at the time, not until I had completed a bachelor's degree in pastoral ministry, I had been in full-time ministry for eight years, and I was forced to take a class called spiritual formation in graduate school while studying practical theology. And boom, one of the most prominent threads in the entire New Testament finally came to light. Now, years of confusion, misunderstanding, complexity, and frustration were still to come, but at least discipleship had finally popped onto my radar. In case you're wondering, the word disciple appears in the New Testament 269 times. Christian, on the other hand, appears only three times and was used only in reference to the disciples. It was this type of fact that was coming to light, a good example of the things that were happening that landed discipleship on my radar back then. It was suddenly clear that as Dallas Willard, one of my earliest influences regarding discipleship notes, the New Testament is a book about disciples, by disciples, and for disciples of Jesus Christ. This truth, so obvious in hindsight, created in me a nagging question, or perhaps two nagging questions, that I would end up chasing down for about the next 15 years. First, what does it mean to be a disciple? And second, how can we make disciples who rapidly multiply and make other disciples the way we see it happening in the New Testament? While I appreciate my education and would encourage those called by God to obey Him if that means pursuing higher education in Christian ministry or theology or biblical studies for themselves, I would also say this. Those 12 years, including all the lectures, all the books read, and the ridiculous amount of time and money invested in what culminated in a doctorate of ministry, 
none of that answered what for Jesus seemed to be the absolute most simple and basic and important questions. What is a disciple and how can we effectively make disciples who make disciples? Incidentally, and furthering the irony, all that education also failed to answer perhaps even more basic questions, which will be primary in our next episode. What is the gospel, and how can we share it? Gospeling, by the way, is the business at hand, the commission of King Jesus, as conveyed in the Gospel of Mark. Again, that will be the topic for the next episode. For now, I'll try to curtail my meanderings regarding higher education and get back to today's business at hand, discipling. Although discipleship is a lifetime project involving a lifetime of learning and growth and transformation, the nuts and the bolts, the answers to the crucial questions, are found within Jesus' final instructions regarding discipleship, the Great Commission itself. Let's revisit those verses once more, and then we'll simply see what we see. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's begin by asking ourselves this question. Who? Who does Jesus commission to be disciples? And who does Jesus commission to make disciples? The first question is very straightforward. Who does Jesus commission to be disciples? Everyone. All nations. Every people group. No exceptions. If you are someplace, somewhere, anywhere in this world, Jesus commissions you to be a disciple. And second, who does Jesus commission to make disciples? This is also pretty straightforward. Those who have already begun as disciples. But I want to take special note of the only subcategory of disciples who are commissioned to make disciples. When the already disciples show up and encounter Jesus, Jesus doesn't call out the superstars or the overachievers to commission only them. In fact, Matthew points out the opposite, which should be a real relief and encouragement to all of us normal people out here. Note the only detail, the only subcategory of disciples that Matthew notes, the doubters. All the disciples show up, even the doubters. And what is Jesus' response? All the disciples are commissioned to go and make disciples of everyone else, even the doubters. So, friends, if you're like me and you feel pretty normal most of the time, you may have questioned whether or not this great commission is for you. You may have doubted. You may have questioned how the King of Kings and Lord of Lords could possibly be calling you into service between his ascension and his return. But Jesus resolves that for us right here and now. Yes, you have been called. Every existing disciple of Jesus, even the doubters, have been commissioned to make disciples of everyone else until the King returns. So that answers any questions we might have as to the who uh, regarding being and making disciples. Now, what's the what? Jesus describes two elements that constitute the what of discipleship in this passage. First, obedience. 
based on my 12 years of higher education and what most of us observe almost every single Sunday morning and almost every single church in America, you'd think that the Great Commission was to teach people things about Jesus, about discipleship, about the Bible, about whatever, you name it. Uh, We love teaching people things about things, but that's not actually Jesus' commission regarding discipleship. The commission, the first part of the what of discipleship, is teaching people to obey, to observe everything that Jesus taught and modeled and commanded. And teaching to obey is something else entirely. As this idea sinks in, I promise you, it will be a realization that completely revolutionizes your reading of the New Testament. So much is poised to come into focus now. You will suddenly recognize this thread, this basic assumption woven everywhere throughout the New Testament. This thought alone may help you bring the New Testament into focus like it's never come into focus for you before. Uh, Now, pulling this obedience thread is too much to do here and now and is way beyond the scope of a single podcast episode, but trust me when I tell you that you are going to love it. It's the most fantastic invitation imaginable. So, what is discipleship all about? Obeying. Disciples learning to obey everything Jesus taught and modeled, and teaching new disciples to obey everything Jesus taught and modeled. But that's not all. There's one more important what to discipleship. I actually prefer to synthesize this second what using a word that Jesus uses elsewhere in John 15, abiding. But here's what we see in the Great Commission, which leads me to the conclusion that the best summary is abiding. First, new disciples are to be immersed in the reality of the Trinity. That's literally what baptism means. Baptism is a Greek word that way back in the day, King James decided to transliterate instead of translate when the first English Bibles were being made. At the time, the church liked to sprinkle water over babies, so presumably King James didn't want to stir up trouble for the church. So instead of translating baptize into immerse, which is actually what the word means and how it translates, the translators stopped translating and just copied the sound of the Greek letters into English letters, thereby making up a new English word that we now commonly recognize as baptize or baptism. Now, this isn't an episode about the amount of water to be used when we baptize new disciples. This is an episode about seeing and hearing what Jesus was teaching us about discipleship in the course of the most famous passage on discipleship in the whole Bible. And in this passage, Jesus instructs that new disciples be immersed in the presence of the Trinity. This, of course, does indicate water baptism, but Jesus, remember, was also a master poet and wordsmith. So when Jesus says new disciples should be immersed in the presence of the Trinity, that also conveys a pretty powerful picture of the life he intends for disciples to continue living. This concept of life in God's presence is reiterated also, again, in the final words of the Great Commission, where Jesus says, I will be with you everywhere and always. So, 
what we learn about discipleship and this ongoing life of obedience is that it is also a life immersed in God's presence and with Jesus everywhere and always. This what of discipleship is the abiding life of obedient service and fruitfulness that Jesus also describes in John 15 and elsewhere throughout the Gospels. So, what is the what of discipleship? Discipleship is a life of first obedience and second abiding. And before we get to our final question of how, let's review the who and the what together. Jesus' commission is for every disciple to obey his teaching and example and to abide in him always and everywhere. And every obeying and abiding disciple is to teach and walk alongside everyone else so that they too might learn to obey and abide. And now, our last question, how? This answer begins with a simple observation that becomes a little bit more involved of an observation. Jesus instructs in the Great Commission that disciples must be made. Discipleship is not a spontaneous occurrence. It's not an automatic result of hearing the gospel even. Disciples don't appear out of nowhere. Disciples have to be made. Now, this making of disciples is, of course, part of our obedience, So the key then, if we are to go about making disciples, is to understand and imitate the way that Jesus made disciples. And this, of course, would have been far more intuitive for the first disciples to whom Jesus spoke these words, because he had just spent three years discipling them. So when he told them to turn around and disciple others, they would have known pretty much exactly what to go about doing. They would have known to repeat the process that Jesus had just undertaken with them and that they had just experienced with Jesus. And here's a simple way to bring that process into focus and to make it memorable for us today. Made, as in Jesus made disciples, M-A-D-E. First, Jesus modeled. Anything that Jesus wanted the disciples to be doing, he first modeled for them. They learned what to be saying and what to be doing and what kind of people they should become by watching what Jesus modeled. Second, Jesus assisted. After watching what Jesus modeled, Jesus set the disciples into action. First, he did and they watched. Next, they did and he helped. Even when Jesus could do it far better than the disciples could do it themselves, Jesus discipled them by inviting them into the action. They became participants in what Jesus was doing. And as they were beginning to learn uh, what to say and what to do and the kind of people they were to become, Jesus was there with them to assist, to help. But it's also not long before the budding disciples were deployed to do the same things. Jesus sent them out two by two repeatedly in the gospel accounts without him. What they had first seen and what Jesus had then assisted them doing, they were sent out to do on their own. And then upon their return, Jesus took time for them to debrief together. They talked about how things went. They talked through challenges and victories as they continued their development as disciples. 
These phases can be seen throughout the Gospels, but they are really clear through Luke chapters 8, 9, and 10. And those chapters actually include two cycles of deployment, first with the 12, and then shortly thereafter with an expanded group of sent disciples up to 70 or 72, depending on your translation. And finally, as we see in the Great Commission, the disciples are entrusted with the whole disciple-making mission. So, how can we make disciples the same way that Jesus made disciples? Anything we want new disciples to be saying, doing, or living, we first model. Then, as soon as they are ready, we assist, letting them do what we can still do better, but for the sake of their development. And at first, we're there beside them to help as needed. Then, we send them out on their own, preferably with partners, to say and do and begin living things out on their own. But we're also checking in and debriefing to see how things are going. And then eventually, especially as we see new disciples modeling and assisting and deploying and debriefing a new generation of disciples on their own, we entrust them with what they have been learning and practicing already. So, there is the business at hand. Making disciples who make disciples as it is recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew. It's for everyone, it's a life of obedience and abiding, and it follows the same process by which Jesus made the first disciples. That brings discipleship into focus. It's equally clear and simple bringing discipleship into practice. Disciples around the world are growing and multiplying every single day using a simple disciple-making tool that everyone can use that cultivates obedience and abiding that follows Jesus's made method. If you'd like to talk more about that and much better, if you'd like to begin yourself, just email me or text me if you have my number. We won't have to talk very long at all. We can simply schedule a little time and get started. And you will be off making disciples who are making disciples in no time, just like Jesus, just like the disciples in the New Testament. That's it for today. Hopefully you are excited, motivated, and empowered to get down to the business at hand, being and making disciples, and thereby living a more eternal kind of life here and now. If you're streaming today's episode from a podcast provider, it'd be great if you take a second to give it a good rating or review, perhaps even becoming a subscriber. Your engagement will help new listeners find the show more easily in the future. If you'd like, you can also share this episode directly with your friends on social media. A link is provided to do just this in the show notes. If you'd like to hear about something specific from the Bible or a particular big Christian idea in the future, please email me using the address that's also included in the show notes. I'd welcome any feedback that might help make improvements as well. Until next time, as we take a look at the second of the King's Commissions and the Gospel of Mark, thanks for being a friend of the show and for tuning in to In Focus. May your world continue coming into clearer focus, and may God lead you into an increasingly eternal kind of life before Him in this amazing time between the King's ascension and His return.